Father in heaven, we thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to eat today. We ask that you will help us not to take that for granted, but to appreciate it. Lord, we ask that you will fill us with your spirit as we learn how to give our personal testimony and as we look at scripture about how important that is. Thank you for the privilege of being here today. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, personal testimony. Let's go to 1 John chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. 1 John chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. Okay, 1 John chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. And Danielle, would you like to read that for us? Well, we got it. That's the problem, bro. Did you find it? Did you find a restroom over here? Upstairs. Oh, won't that be nice to know? That which is from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. All right, verse 1, John says simply this, the only thing that we have shared with you is what, what does it say there? That which was from the beginning, beginning which we have heard, this is verse 1, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. So John says, the things that we experienced ourselves, verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you. So what did John share with people when it came to sharing the message of Christ? What did he share with them specifically? That's right, his personal testimony. That's, that's good, just taken from the title. So in verse 3, he says, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. That is what God expects us to share with people. When we learned the Adventist message, or when we grew up in the Adventist message, there came some point in our experience where we were challenged. And then we are able to share our experience with somebody else. If we haven't been challenged yet on our faith, it will happen. It will happen. So John simply says that what we shared with you is what we saw and what we heard, what we looked upon or what our experience was. So no matter whose testimony you read in here, you are reading about man's relationship with God. And this book has changed the entire world, and it is our testimony that will continue to change the world and draw people's attention to the Bible, the Word of God that contains the power of God. This is, uh, I forget exactly where it's from, but it'll tell us in just a second. God could have reached His object in saving sinners 
without our aid. Remember, there's nothing that God can't do. God could have reached His object in saving sinners without our aid, but, now that word but is a contrasting word, isn't it? So that means in total contradiction to what was just said, in order for us to develop a character like Christ's, we must share in His work. So God could have done it without us, but in order for us to develop a character like Christ's, we must share in His work. In order to enter into His joy, the joy of seeing souls redeemed by His sacrifice, we must participate in, their lab in labors, His labors for their redemption. Desire of Ages, page 142. This is still Desire of Ages 142. Yep. Yep, 142. So God can do it without us, but in order for us to develop a character like God's, like Christ's, we must share in His labors. Let's go to, let me see, it's uh, Romans, I believe. It's either Romans or Hebrews. So we're going to Hebrews chapter 12. Right past the T section. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And who's, who'd like to read that for us? All right. Uh, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. And 2, yep. One and two. Now faith is the substance of things hoped. Okay, is that Hebrews? Yeah. Twelve? There it is. Um, wherefore, seeing we also are com uh, compassed about, about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so uh, easily bes uh, beset us. And let us run with patience So verse two there it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame. And notice what this says. In order to enter into His joy, the joy of what? Seeing souls redeemed by His sacrifice. How far did Christ go? He went to death, didn't He? How far are we willing to go? It's for want of our testimony that this world is perishing. And... and we're, we're too embarrassed to even do that. Let's go to Mark chapter 16, verse 15. We're going to look at some commands of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, chapter 16, and verse 15. Mark chapter 16. And verse 15. And uh, Jenny, you want to read that? And he said to them, Go into all the 
Read verse 16 as well. So is it important for us to share what we ourselves have seen and heard and felt with other people? Why? What makes it important? Question at ease and actually they realize that if they just think about it, they would have similar testimony. Right? We all have something. Well, look at the text itself there in verse 16. What does it say? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So, what makes it so important for us to be just like John or Peter or Mark? Tell me what you're with, Jim. Okay. What are we saving people from when we give them our testimony and they're turned toward the Bible? What are we saving them from? Eternal death. Eternal death. We're saving them from damnation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Jesus said in verse 15, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Is that a command? Does he say except for Danielle? Does he say... Uh, well, since you're in a wheelchair, you don't need to do that. Does he say, well, you stutter, so you don't need to do that? He doesn't say that at all, does he? He just says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. This is a command from Christ. Let's go to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. So you're just backing up one book, going to the left there. And Danielle, we're over to you. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. All right, so Jesus says there in verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. If you have a newer translation, it says, Go ye therefore and make disciples. That's what somebody that made disciples did, is they, they, they taught people. So Jesus again gives us a command to go out and teach people or to make disciples. Over in Mark, Jesus told us to go out and preach. Now go to Romans chapter 10. Go to Romans chapter 10. We will start reading in verse 13. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. Welcome. And your name is Janelle. We're going to Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, and we're going to read 13 through 15, and I need somebody to read that doesn't mind me interrupting them. 
All right. What does it take for someone to be saved according to that verse? According to that verse, it's to call on the name of the Lord, right? For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom uh, they have not believed? All right. So how is somebody going to call on the name of the Lord and be saved? That's right. They must believe. Keep going. And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? So how are they going to begin to believe? Somebody's got to tell them, right? They've got to hear it. Keep going. And how shall they hear without uh, preaching? There's your teller. There's the somebody that's got to tell them right there. And verse 15. And how shall they preach except uh, they be sent? Okay, so have we been sent? Give me two biblical references to prove that we've been sent. That's one. That's absolutely right. Mark 16, 15. We have been sent for the purpose of preaching so that people can hear, so that people can believe, so that people can call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Do you do the saving? No. What do you do? You do the preaching, don't you? You do the telling. That, that word for preach right there is kerusos, and it means to proclaim or to tell good tidings, to share good news. And every one of us have had something good happen to us, and we've shared it with somebody else. So we know how to talk to other people about things that are good. We know how to tell people about exciting things that happen in our life. Maybe we're not telling people about Jesus because we're not very excited about what he's done for us. Is that a possibility? Because when something good happens to somebody, you can't even force them to keep their mouth shut. Those that call in the name of the Lord will be saved. But how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear of him without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? We've been sent. So God is depending on us, Janelle, to share Jesus with other people. He could do it without us. But he wants us to know the burden that he had for people that are lost. How many of you have ever given a Bible study? Given a Bible study. Praise the Lord. Did you have any type of a burden for those people? You did. Did it make you study your Bible more? Oh, absolutely. Some people say, well, how do you know the Bible so well? Well, if you study with somebody else and they ask you questions, you have no choice but to get to know the Bible better. Jesus said in Isaiah 43, verse 10, Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord. We were... Uh, I was teaching at another school of evangelism, and the director of that school told me that I had 60 seconds the next day to have morning worship. That's all I had was 60 seconds because he was going to administer an exam. And so I was wondering, what in the world, Lord? What in the world am I going to say in 60 seconds? So I got up in front of the class the next day. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm having morning worship. He said, oh, man, we're not going to have a one-minute worship. I said, yeah, we are because I prepared for it. And I opened my Bible to Isaiah 43, verse 10. Jesus says, you are my witnesses. You 
are my witnesses. You are my witnesses. God is depending on us to take his son and to present him to the world. So how do we do that? How do we do that? All to whom the heavenly inspiration has come are put in trust with the gospel. All who receive the life of Christ are ordained to work for the salvation of their fellow men. I don't know if you knew this, but when you were baptized, how many of you, you, are you all baptized members of the Adventist church? When you were, before you were baptized, did they have you, did they get you up front and read through 13 particular vows that you were making to Jesus? Some they did, some they didn't. One of those vows is that you would support the church by your life, by sharing the gospel with other people. That's one of the promises that every baptized member of the Seventh-day Adventist church makes to Christ. They don't make that to their pastor or to the evangelist. They make that promise to Jesus. How soon is that promise forgotten? They should do it a week before, definitely not a week after. <laughs> this is what you got yourself into. No, no, no. This is what you're getting yourself into. For this church, the work was established, and all who take upon themselves its sacred vows are thereby pledged to be co-workers with Christ. We made a vow to the Lord when we were baptized, when we joined the church, that we would be a co-worker, a co-laborer with Christ. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. I used this yesterday, introducing our class. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. And Janelle, can you read Matthew chapter 4 and verse 19 for us? All right, if we are following Christ, what will we be? Fishers of men. If we are not fishing for men, what are we not doing? We're not following Christ. It's very uncomfortable to think about it that way, isn't it? If we're following Christ, we're fishing for men. Look in verse 18. Verse 18 says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brethren, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were what? Fishermen. Was it natural, according to Jesus, that those guys be casting a net into the sea? Sure, Jesus said, I saw them casting a net into the sea because they were fishermen. He didn't say, I saw them casting a net into the sea because they were carpenters. Or I saw them casting a a net into the sea because they were shipbuilders. He said that they were casting a net into the sea because they were fishermen. And then Jesus says, if you follow me, you will be fishing for men. There's no, there's no uh, halfway mark there where you can follow Jesus but not be fishing for men. It just doesn't exist. 
The Savior's commission, this is Matthew 28, Mark 16. The Savior's commission to the disciples included all the believers. It includes all believers in Christ to the end of time. It is a fatal mistake to suppose that the work of saving souls depends alone on the ordained minister. What kind of mistake is it? Who's it fatal to? Us. To our spiritual condition. You will never know your Bible better than when you are sharing it with somebody else. Because they're going to ask you questions, Janelle, and you have no clue how to answer them. And the human mind does not like to feel less than smart. So you are going to be forced to study your Bible better so that you can answer the question that they asked that you had no clue of how to answer. Did you have a remark? Do you want to say something? Revelation twenty two seventeen. Revelation is arguably one of the easiest books to find in the Bible. Revelation twenty two, the very last chapter. Revelation twenty two, verse seventeen. And Jenny, we're back over to you. Okay, the spirit and the bride do what? Say, come. That's right. And let him that hears do what? No, 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 no. Say, come. That's right. Let him who hears say, come. So whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But how shall they call on him of whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So the one that hears is the very one that should be saying, come. God does not leave any option for the follower of Christ not to share Jesus with other people. If we are not sharing Jesus with other people, we are not following Christ. There's just no two, no two ways about it. To everyone who becomes a partaker of His grace, the Lord appoints a work for others. Individually, we are to stand in our lot and place saying, Here I am, send me. Upon the minister of the word, the missionary nurse, the Christian physician, the Christian, whether he be merchant or farmer, professional man or mechanic, the responsibility rests on who? On all of us. It is our work to reveal to men the gospel of their salvation. Every enterprise in which we engage should be a means to this end. Ministry of Healing, page 148. Pu putting gas in your gas tank is an opportunity to witness for Christ. How many of you use pay? Do you use pay at the pump? You ever pay at the pump? That's a curse of the devil. You know why? You don't have to have any personal interaction with anybody. I dare you. I dare you. When you pay at the pump, to start a conversation with the person on the other side of the pump. No matter what that person looks like, I dare you, Janelle. <laughs> and just, ha, will you ever see that person again? What are the chances? Probably not. 
So if that person thinks you're a fool that fell off of a, 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 a carton of carrots yesterday, does that make any difference to you? Don't make a bit of difference. What about that clerk at the grocery store? Will you ever see that person again? Yeah? You must, you must live in a small town, do you? Do you see the same people? Oh, praise the Lord. Then you have a greater impact in their life. Oh, yeah? The silent witness. Somebody's going to pick it up. That's right. That's right. I had a lady call me the other day from uh, Sterling Heights, Michigan, and she had gone to our evangelistic meeting last fall, and we had given out the final events of Bible prophecy DVDs. She had ordered the Bible studies from Amazing Facts, and while those were coming to her, she did the ones on, this, on the Internet. Then she did the ones in the paper. And so she has two certificates, one Internet certificate and one paper certificate that was sent to her from Amazing Facts. And she called me, and I haven't been there for almost six months now. She called me and said, hey, can somebody pick me up for church? I want to come to church. So that stuff works, doesn't it, Jim? The natural bridge. Do you remember what the natural bridge is? Personal testimony, that's absolutely right. Then we read this quote, As witnesses for Christ, we are to tell what we know. This is exactly what John said in 1 John 1 through 3, isn't it? 1 John 1, 1 through 3, As witnesses for Christ, we are to tell what we know, what we ourselves have seen and heard and felt. If we have been following Jesus step by step, we shall have something right to the point to tell concerning the way in which He has led us. We can tell how we have tested His promise and found the promise true. We can bear witness to what we have known of the grace of Christ. And this is the kicker. This is the witness for which our Lord calls and for want of which, that means the lack of which, the world is perishing. Because you and I will not share with other people what Christ has done for us, the world is perishing. A testimony from the heart, coming from lips in which is no guile, full of faith and humble trust, though given by a stammering tongue, is accounted of God as precious gold. One of my mentors had trained a young man that stuttered. And in order to get your diploma from this particular school, you had to preach an evangelistic meeting. But he stuttered. About four months after he left the school, you know, you had to call the school and say, hey, you know, I, I did my evangelistic meeting. Uh, here's the report. Here's what happened. This guy calls up Pastor Louis Torres and says, I, 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 I pre preach my evangelistic meeting. Pastor Torres was just shocked. He said, well, praise the Lord. Tell me what happened. And he said, four, 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 four souls for the Lord. It doesn't matter what our physical condition is. God will use us to share His word with other people. Jim. Uh, full of faith and uh, humble trust, through given by a stammering tongue, could that be a new, a new person in, uh, in the church that really 
God never calls you to share more than you already have. Kind of, sure. Somebody didn't know things. Sure. So no matter, no matter how much we know, no matter how little we know, God accounts it as precious gold when we share it. Before we do that, go to, uh, go to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 and 33. Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33. And Jesse, you want to read that? Okay, so how is it that we can have our name mentioned in the court of heaven every day? So if we confess the name of Christ before men on a daily basis, how often does Jesus talk about us to the Father? On a daily basis. You know, you've heard the expression, it's not what you know, it's who you know. If our name is mentioned in the court of heaven on a daily basis, then who does God know? Us. That's absolutely right. Keep reading, Jesse. So if we are denying Christ before men, then what is Christ saying in heaven? So do you want your name mentioned in heaven every day? So what do we have to be doing? That's right. Confessing Christ before men daily. You know, when, when somebody gets hired into a company, it's a big deal to see the boss, isn't it? It's a big deal to see the, the head honcho or the owner. And here's our opportunity to have the I don't know if head honcho is a word I want to use to describe God, but to have the man in charge know our name. Jesus would talk about us all the time. Look, look, look what Cindy's doing. Look, look, Father, look. Look at Jenny. Look at what she's saying. The clerk, it's the same clerk she's seen every day for the last however many years. Look at Janelle. She's talking to that person on the other side of the pump. Check it out, Father. It's Janelle. Two types of personal testimony. There's a testimony of one who has not always been a Christian. One who has not always been a Christian. What does that look like? If, if you're giving your testimony of how you met Christ, by the way, your testimony is not always just how you met Christ. My testimony this morning to you was about uh, Ronnie and Alex. You remember that when I was telling you. That's a testimony, things that are currently happening to you. So one who has not always been a Christian, there's a mention of where you, at, you were at before you met Christ. There's, then you tell them how you met Christ, and then you tell them what Jesus is doing for you now. I love to just hear the, the saints say, I was saved 62 years ago. On October 13, however many years 62 years ago was. 
But when I was growing up and I would hear things like that, I would ask myself, that was a long time ago. What's happening now? If we are saved, then we have a testimony of something God is doing for us every day, don't we? Or we should. So, one who has not always been a Christian. Everybody got that written down? Can I go to the next line? All right. Then you have a testimony of one who has been a continual Christian. What testimony is better? What do you think? Do you think that's better? For the one who, is not, who has not always been a Christian, what kind of testimony did Jesus have? He had the testimony of a continual Christian, didn't he? Oh, how I wish that I had the testimony of a continual Christian. Oh, how I wish I had it. I wish I could be like Cindy and say, you know, I never got involved in, in any of that mess. And, but I can't say that. But boy, do I wish I could. There'd be a lot of erasing that the Lord did not have to do in my life. So for someone that has always been a Christian, you, there's a mention of when you recognize that you had a relationship with Jesus. You know, my little Samantha, bless her heart, she'll climb up on the bed before she goes to bed at night. Or you'll see her doing this in the morning. She'll get her Bible. She'll get her piece of paper. She'll get her pen. She'll get her pretend computer. And she'll sit there with her pretend computer, her pen, her piece of paper. And she'll open the Bible and she'll read. And she can't read anything other than her name at this point. But she's always talking about Christ and being a Christian. And, and He saved us. And she just looks like she's reading straight from her Bible. I hope she does that for the rest of her life. I wonder when she's going to realize that when she does that, that she's worshiping the Lord. I wonder when she's just going to have a real cognizant moment where she says, I'm spending time with a book that is alive, just like my daddy told me it was alive. The testimony of a continual Christian. I wish I had it. Then you uh, tell them how Jesus has shown you that he is your Savior. And then again, you tell them what Jesus is doing for you now. What is Jesus? They took my clock. They probably gave it to him because he went over time. What is Jesus doing for you now? So what we are going to do is we're going to take about two minutes and you're going to think about your testimony because there's no sense in learning something if you don't put it into practice. And then you get to give your personal testimony. So, this is supposed to be over at 3.30. It's 3.10 now. How many of you need to think about what you're going to say, or should you just get up here and say it? Danielle says, I don't need to think about it. I can just get up there and say it. Oh, you need to think about it. Does anybody not need to take a moment? We'll take, we'll take two minutes. And then you can come up here, and you can share with us your personal testimony. It doesn't have to be way back when, when you met Christ. It could be something Jesus has done for you today, or that Jesus did for you yesterday. Because remember, it's for the lack of sharing our testimony with people that the world is perishing. Share it with us today. And I guarantee you that the Spirit of God will be poured out in this room. Because God loves it when people talk about Him. Are you ready?
Oh, that would be grand. And um, we are engaged in our church um, planning for evangelistic meetings starting in August. But the conference, at a conference level, they're going to start their evangelistic meeting on Saturday afternoon. So I'm one of the team leaders for one of the groups that goes out into the community. For our church, we have the area mapped out around the church. And um, I'm one of the leaders, and I have a couple members, you know, working with me. So we try to go out at least twice a week to knock on doors, do the community survey, see who's interested in Bible study. Well, I was working yesterday. I worked at 3 p.m. And I have totally forgotten that I have signed up to come to FYI. And there was one Bible study set up for the first time, the first lesson, for 5 p.m. And I get up for work at 3 o'clock. So I started calling all the members to see who was going to be able to come out on Wednesday. And they didn't have, you know, books to leave with those who were not interested, et cetera, supplies. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm there calling them and say, I'm not going to be able to, do, to go. I forgot I had this, you know, um, youth conference coming up. And the Lord made it that at least four of them were available. But the key point of my testimony of how God has, use me with a willing heart because he said if you give him yourself he will use you as an instrument so remember i'm still at work so i called the church one of the um, personal ministry leaders and i asked her do you have any literature with you she said well there's some at the church the deacon is there so with my desire of reaching people even not able to go but i said they need to go I said, Lord, they need something. I'm, I have a burden for the souls. When you knock on doors and they say, no, I'm not interested, just to leave them empty-handed. Mm-hmm. I said, the team is going to go out today, and they have nothing. They have nothing. It was raining, pouring. Some were planning to go to the ABC. And I don't know if you all in Florida, when it rains sometimes, or thunder and all that stuff, you're not able to do much. So I called her. I was able to leave work at 3 o'clock. She said, what time do you leave? I, she said, 3. I said, I'm leaving work right now. I'll meet you at church. We went to church. We got the tracks, break controversies, called the team member and said, go to the CDC, which is the Child Development Center, and there is a bar of great controversy, Bible answers, and step to Christ. So when you go out tonight or to this afternoon, you have something to give to people. To me, that was God's doing. And I said, thank you, Lord. It's really true. When you put your mind to, you know, surrender yourself to the Lord and to do his work, he provided the means. I don't know how it went yet because I haven't talked to anybody of my team. But they were able to have something in hands for me, for those souls, that probably you will never be able to make contact with them again because their answers will be no. So to me, that was a big thing yesterday. All right, who's next? Okay, Jenny. Thank you, everybody. Of course you have one. All right, well, then you're, then you're next, Jenny. Oh, yes, sister. Thank you, Jenny. 
you get up and tell us how the Lord gave you courage to stand up and give a testimony? You want me to take care of that for you? Would you? I would. You hold the big black box for me. Okay, I come from Iowa, and um, when I settled in in Georgia, where I come back to retire from, I went to, uh, found out a local Seventh-day Adventist church, and um, the church is pretty small. It's only got about 20 members. Well, in Iowa, I used to go to church to uh, just uh, have somebody to read the, uh, the quarterlies to me, you know, because I was too lazy to do it myself, or I wasn't in the right uh, frame of my inner spirit to do it myself. Um, but when I got down to uh, Georgia and the little church, uh, it, uh, I decided, you know, I'm going to start reading my quarterlies. And, um, wow, it was just something to get in the Bible and uh, uh, see the Word of God started working on me. Uh, anyway, uh, I looked around, and most of the people in my church was coming to church on Sabbath just to have somebody read the quarterlies to them. So... Um, Anyway, I thought, well, I got to do something with this church, you know. I mean, I don't know why I would want to uh, take over and uh, do that, but I was inspired to. So, um, to make it really short, I was just inspired to come down here, and, and uh, I keep on being inspired. Okay, this is so not my thing. So, um, yes, um, so yeah, that's a testimony there that I'm up here. Um, well, I've gone to church all my life, and um, but uh, had some rough times in my life, and God got me through it, and I've been more and more on fire for the Lord every year, so that's it. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank you very much. Danielle. Have you been Adventist all your life? No, I'm Catholic. Okay. Fifteen years. Okay. I'll just hang on to it. Yeah, I was raised in the church uh, since I was little, but I can't say that I've been in the church. Um, there have been some rough times in my life, but I've been canvassing this summer in um, Louisiana, and. What do you mean canvassing? Going door to door, working with the Bible Story Company, uh, leaving books on donational basis, and well, I was talking. I was staying home one day because I wasn't feeling good, and I was dealing with some struggles in my life. And I was talking to one of my friends on Facebook, and she said something that I thought was really bizarre. Um, I was like kind of um, doubting in God at the time. This was just a few weeks ago, and she's like, "You know what? Put God to the test." Ask God to show you something in your life to let you know that he's there for you. So that night, I remembered what she had said, and I'm like, you know what? Okay, God, I'm going to try it. Just show me. You don't have to show me tonight. You don't have to show me right now or this week. Just 
sometime this summer, show me that you're there for me and that you care. So it was that a uh, few couple days later, then I went to a music store with one of my friends because we were trying to find some music. She plays clarinet and I play flute and we were wanting to play together for church. And so I was looking, we found a couple books that we wanted, but they didn't have flute, they had clarinet. And so I was looking through and I checked and double checked and checked again and there was no flute book. And I reached my hand in the shelf and pulled out a random book that I just checked. And I'm like, there are no flute books here. And that book was a flute book. <laughs> and I had remembered uh, just a few days before um, praying to God. I'm like, just show me that you're there and that you care. And that has really helped me. Um, and I'm still dealing with some struggles, but I'm giving it all to God. And Yeah, that's a great smile, Jesus. <laughs> what? <gasps> what? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I have been a seven-day Adventist all of my life. My parents are Adventists and things like that. But the religion was never really real to me or personal, some would say, until I, okay. After 10th grade, I applied for this program where you go to college early and like you spend your junior and senior year of high school at college and then you graduate with an associate's degree and a high school diploma. So I applied to that and I got in, praise God, and um, I had to move on campus and like, it was so far away in like rural Georgia. It was, well, like I live in Georgia, but it was like just a few hours away. And um, being out there all by myself just taught me how to depend on God and everything that I had heard about God, because I didn't really know him for myself, sad to say. Um, I began to really experience it and I could stand up and actually say that I have some knowledge of God. And um, I continue to learn more and more about God, and we are, we've actually become, become a lot closer. And I'm looking forward to what he has in store for me. So that's my testimony. Praise the Lord. So what did you graduate with? Associates in biology. Wow. Yeah. Smart. Smart. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Jesse? Yeah, buddy. Jesse's one of our students at Life with his wife, Cindy, and Jim. And no, they were not required to come to this class. No, <laughs> we got here late. <laughs> so, see, was it last week? Uh, here in the Life program, we, uh, we were going door to door, knocking on people's doors, going to do surveys. I had never done that before. Uh, we've only been in the church for two years, and besides that, I haven't been a Christian for the majority of my life. And the first person we got to talk to, she's like, nah, not interested. Like, okay, I'm expecting that. I've been told people are going to do that. I'm fine. Everything's good. Second house, knock on the door. And see, Cindy and I, we had this idea of going up. I would do two doors at a time. She would do two doors at a time. We'd just go back and forth taking turns. Well, the second one I knock on, a lady, she starts talking to me, and 
I thought it was going well, asking her questions, and you know, she actually wanted to answer questions from the survey. So I was like, okay, I was asking her, and, and her husband comes out. I was like, oh, hello, and I, f I f end up finding out that he was, he was a former pastor. <laughs> so here I am trying to, you know, witness to him, and he's just throwing out all these left field, you know, things like, you know, I told him that we believe in Jesus, and he was like, you mean you believe in a dead Jew? Like, whoa, 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 of course, yeah, I do. He's like, okay, I do too. Just giving me a hard time, and, and I was just so nervous because I'd never, you know, had that kind of conversation with somebody. And so for the rest of the two hours we went door to door, we didn't really get to talk to anybody. I was like, man, so the only people I got to talk to was pretty much those two, and that guy gave me a real hard time. But he had a, he had a lot of questions about the, about the church because he lives right down the street from the church, and he sees it every day when he comes home, so he knows it's there. And he was asking me some questions of some of the differences between the Adventist church and his church. And I mentioned some things to him, and, you know, they agreed with what he believed. And, and so I just felt inspired by God to, to want to, you know, let him know some more. So the next day, you know, we weren't going door to door or anything. I was like, you know what, I'm going to go get that guy some literature. Cause I, didn't, I didn't have any, you know, books with me at the time. And I went back, and his wife answered the door, and... Not, I told her, I'm not on duty. I just wanted to give you guys something. And she said, oh, well, why don't you come on in? I was like, okay. <laughs> you wouldn't let me in yesterday. I'll come in today. <laughs> and so I got to talk with her for like an hour, hour and a half. She just sat there and talked to me, told me stories about her ministries and, and what she's doing in the church and, you know, comparing the Adventist beliefs. And I left them a little book explaining with what we believe and, so I just look at that as you know, a stepping stone that God has for me to be able to you know, go door to door more, just to witness to more people and maybe eventually get to do some Bible studies. No, this is the right class. My name is Cindy, as most of you, I don't know if you talked about, yeah, you did. Um, he had already mentioned, I, when I was born, I'll start there, that's where all good stories start. I was born, um, but uh, I was born dead. They had pronounced me dead. The doctor left. They told my dad that, uh, that I didn't make it, and uh, what, what had happened is they overdosed my mom on some medication, but um, the nurse didn't give up. And uh, she finally revived me. Obviously, I'm standing here. So um, that was pretty much the first thing. My parents, the first thing they did when they, we got out of the hospital was took me right to church. Uh, you know, didn't even go to the house. We went to the church, and they had me dedicated. Uh, I was part of a Baptist church growing up. And uh, so it's ever since I can remember, if the church doors were open, we were there. Uh, if it was Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, I was always there. And I always knew about God, and I always knew about Jesus and what he had done for me. Because my mom used to do Bible studies with me and my brother when we were younger. And I remember when I was eight, um, my mom was telling me about the story of Jesus and about the crucifixion and what he did. And I knew, and I understood that, and I knew that I wanted to be in heaven with Jesus. So I gave my heart to him at age eight. Um, but, of course, it wasn't later in life until I finally realized, you know, what I was supposed to do with that. I knew that Jesus was there for me and that he'd helped me in hard times. But 
as far as me actually doing things for him, it was about 12 or 13 when I finally figured that out. Um, Jesse and I, I met a boy at college, and uh, we ended up marrying two years ago. And if I get my lovely picture taken. <laughs> and we uh, came, as soon as we got married, we got a flyer in the mail for a revelation seminar. And we had actually quit going to church because we didn't like our church anymore. And, uh, <laughs> or they didn't like us, one of the two. But um, we decided to go. I was actually mad at him. I threw the flyer at him. But um, we decided to go, and we stayed through it. And I was really trying to fight it. Jesse, he heard all these truths. He heard, you know, um, things about the Adventist church, and he was ready to go. And I was, I was, I was fighting it. I thought, you know, I was raised knowing that this was a cult. I didn't want to be here. Um, and I constantly fought it. In fact, when I was baptized, I didn't actually know I was joining the church. So, um, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a nice surprise. I was, I, I was kept telling people, no, I'm not part of the church. And Jesse looks at me and he's like, you were baptized. I was like, where was I? You know, so. But uh, I'm okay with it now. But it was, it was a shocker. Um, going through the church, we got, we got real involved. Jesse became head deacon real fast, which is funny. But, um. I became music director real fast. Um, we became youth leaders last year, so a year into there. I mean, we just constantly wanted to work with the church because we're kind of from an older congregation. They're burnt out of doing it, so these new people come in, you're like, oh, you can have it. So, so we took over some stuff, and it's just been a real blessing. Um, learning new things and then te- turning around and teaching new things. And um, Jesse always knew that he wanted to do more. You know, he was having to take just regular jobs just to pay our bills. I was going to college, and um, he always knew he wanted to do more. And I was thinking, I, what am I going to college for then, you know? So um, when I graduated college, which was this past May, we had signed up for the LIFE program, and uh, we sold our belongings. We had just had an apartment, and uh, we came down to Florida, which is where we're at now. And uh, we've been here for two and a half weeks, almost three weeks. And uh, just learning how to become Bible workers. We've got a job lined up with our previous church back in Arkansas is where we're from. And uh, so we're getting ready to go back there. They're going to hold an evangelistic seminar. And uh, we're just hoping we can take what we know and, and spread it around. So. Well, I was really proud when I came to life with all the young people, even you. You're the youngest. You're the I'm young. You better believe it. You're young, brother. Our testimony can have a great impact on somebody else's life. Even if it is as simple as, well, you know, I I met God and and I'm here. It can have an impact on someone's life. Next time you're at a grocery store, next time you're at the gas station, when you go into the post office, when you're at the drive-through window at Taco Bell, you can share Christ with people. We go to the same Taco Bell after prayer meeting each week. And uh, there's a lady there by the name of Mary. And we went there yesterday, which was, of course, not after prayer meeting. We just went there. And uh, we told her we were going to bring her some... Um, some CDs for her, some DVDs for her to watch. And she's very excited that she's going to get these DVDs. 
And, you know, I firmly believe that Mary's going to become a Seventh-day Adventist Christian and have to tell the people at Taco Bell she can't work on Saturday anymore. So uh, pray for Mary. But no matter where we go, no matter what we're doing, we can have something that we can share with somebody that Jesus has done for us. It's just as easy as opening our mouth and telling somebody about the person that we love, and that's Jesus. It may not be the most comfortable thing to do to begin with, but you did it here. You can certainly do it to somebody that will never see you again. I mean, you get to see me for the next couple days. And, and I'm going to look at you and I'm going to say, praise the Lord, that person shared a testimony. So God's going to use you. He's going to use you in a powerful way. Are you ready for that? Are you ready? Are you ready for Jesus to talk to the Father about you? You ready for that? Oh, yeah. Hey, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the privilege of being here this afternoon and for the privilege of sharing our personal testimonies. We ask that you'll be with us now as we go to the next segment, that you will be glorified in what is taught and that we will be brought closer to you because of that. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.